0: Let's pray. God, thank you for a nice, clear, blue, cloudy sky.
1: God, that whether it's through a window or out for a walk or a drive, that we will take time today with you to appreciate and enjoy and thank you for the magnificent creation you've let us be a part of. Thanks for that. Holy Spirit, I ask that you'd help me today, that the words that I would say, you'd take them and you'd be be bringing to each person something
0: out of this that will be encouraging and helpful. Apply it into the specifics of each person's life. Help us to have a greater understanding and appreciation
1: for all that Jesus offers us in our
0: relationship with him. Holy Spirit, I ask that you'd bring peace where there's some uncertainty.
1: Give us a push where we're kind of complacent, a nice Holy Spirit
0: push. Holy Spirit, thank you for always pointing to Jesus. Amen.
1: Often when I teach, I try to give a sentence that captures the main point that I hope to give you. Today, my main point is a verse. So in keeping with my pattern of emphasis, if you don't get anything else from today, I would like you to get this.
0: Turn to John chapter 14, verse 6. John chapter 14, verse 6.
1: Jesus answered, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Everything we want to get, want to enjoy, want to experience in our Christian life, forgiveness, freedom, guidance, direction, being connected with God, you fill in the other blanks of things you desire to have in your relationship with God. It all comes through our relationship with Jesus. We can't earn it. We can't position ourselves in such a way that we merit it in any way. It just comes through relationship with Jesus. He said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Now, the setting for this verse Starts in John chapter 13, and you don't have to turn there, we're not going to go there. But it starts with the Last Supper, and we're going to have communion later today to celebrate that. Then Jesus washed the disciples' feet. He predicted his betrayal, and then Judas left. And then Jesus told the disciples he would be leaving them very soon. And then in chapter 14, it begins with Jesus giving the disciples words of encouragement and comfort. So Back up to verse 1 of John 14, and we're going to read a few verses. Verse 1, do not let your hearts be troubled. You believe in God, also believe in me. I suppose if we ever needed to have a word from the Lord, and we didn't know what we wanted, the first phrase probably would be a pretty good one in these days that we live in. Do not let your hearts be troubled. And what's encouraging is Jesus tells us, don't let our hearts be troubled, which means we actually do have some input and some say over whether our hearts are troubled or not troubled. Then he says, you believe in God, believe in me. Verse two, my father's house has many rooms. If that were not so, I would have told you. Oh. If that were not so, would I have told you that I am going there to prepare a place for you? And if I go to prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you to be with me, that you also may be where I am. Verse 4, you know the way to the place I am going. Verse 5, Thomas said to him, Lord, we don't know where you're going. How can we know the way? Jesus answered. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. If you really know me, you will know my Father as well. From now on, you do know him and have seen him. Now, what I'd like you to take a minute to look at is go back to verse 5 and Thomas's question. He says, how can we know the way? Well, how do we know the way? Way back in the Jesus movement of the late 1960s and 1970s, there was an acronym that many of the new believers in Jesus, at least in California, where I was, would be saying. The acronym was WWJD. It was on bracelets. It was on bandanas. It was on your Bible covers. It was everywhere. If you were a new Christian, you would know about it. WWJD stands for what would Jesus do? It was the answer to any question at that time related to living life as a follower of Jesus. It's a good question that can help with some of the issues of life, whether it's then or now. But it wasn't Jesus answer there or now. In that critical time in history, in response to Jesus' disciples asking him the questions about the way, how do we know the way, was
0: their question. Jesus' response was, I am the way.
1: See, we're not called to mimic or copy a church behavior because the life of a Christian is not about doing right things. Being a Christian is about relationship with Jesus. And through that relationship, we can discover and know and walk in the way we should go. We know the way and we know the right things because of our relationship with Jesus. We don't do the things in order to merit relationship. We have relationship with Jesus, and through that, we know the things we were to do. So John 14 and verse 5 again, Thomas says to him, Lord, we don't know where you are going. How can we know the way? Jesus answered, and with the verse that's a point for today, I am the way, the truth, and the life. A lot of times when we're in church, we start doing things that are church-like, or things that sound good, or things that sound like kingdom. We say, okay, what's the way to get there? How do I do? What's my behavior? And Jesus says here, the starting place is, I am the way. It starts with relationship with him, and out of that flows the things that we do. Through the week, we all do different things, different kinds of things that it comes out of the relationship every one of us has with Jesus. And he says, if you really know me, you're going to know the father as well. Jesus is a, a lot more approachable for most of us. God can kind of be big and far away, maybe a little threatening, all of that. But he says, if you know me, you know the father. And from now on, from that time, He says, you do know him and have seen him
0: because you've seen me. (sighs) I grew up in a fairly legalistic church. There
1: were lots of do's and don'ts and way more don'ts than do's. There was a lot of things that
0: were not okay. But the Bible is not a book about doing right things.
1: The Bible is God's word to us about how to have a relationship with Jesus. And out of that relationship, we do, quote unquote, the right thing. As our relationship with Jesus grows, we, as we become mature sons and daughters, then we know the way because we know the person who is the way. It's not saying we're going to follow this rule or that rule. We follow Jesus. By knowing Jesus, we also know the truth and have life because Jesus is the truth and is the life. I hope you can kind of see the difference that it's not about the focus on doing in order to merit or be good enough or be okay with, with, with God and how he looks at us so that we somehow merit being okay. We, we have the way, the truth, and the life because of our relationship with Jesus. And out of that relationship, then we go and do, quote unquote, good things. And it's always been kind of a problem for church people, if you will. Back up a couple pages or clicks on your
0: screen to John 5, verses 39 and 40. Here, Jesus is talking to the religious leaders of the day,
1: and he says to them, you study the scriptures diligently because you think that in them you have eternal life. These are the very scriptures that testify about me, and yet you refuse to come to me to have life. See, the scribes and the Pharisees, they were excellent in the scriptures, which were at that time just the Old Testament. They knew them all. They were able to, you know, give the interpretations to all the people and how they were supposed to live according to all of these laws and rules and guidelines. And these experts believed that by knowing and living by them the law and keeping all the rules that they would receive eternal life.
0: Jesus told them,
1: and Jesus tells us today, those very scriptures, the Old Testament, were and still are testifying about Jesus. Now, a lot of the stories that we have come to know over the years in church are not just stories, but a testimony about who Jesus is. There's lots and lots and lots of examples about that. Old Testament stories and descriptions that testify or give word pictures of who Jesus is. Perhaps one of the ones that's the clearest is the Old Testament tabernacle. God told Moses, here's the way you
0: put the tabernacle together. God told Moses to create a tabernacle, a place
1: and a way to worship God. But every object in the tabernacle, from the brazen altar, the first thing you see when you get in, until the holy of holies, every object in the tabernacle is a symbolic testimony of how Jesus' life death and resurrection restored the broken relationship between god and people there they walk through each one of the steps in order to get into the presence of god but like the table of showbread jesus is the bread of life everyone is a picture in the old testament of who jesus is he says i am the way the
0: truth and the life not following all the all the rules if you will You study the scriptures diligently because you think that in them you have eternal life. City River,
1: we have eternal life because of our relationship with Jesus. And out of that relationship, we do all the other things. Even the Old Testament talks about the relationship with God. Here's what's coming when Jesus is coming. These are the very scriptures that testify about me, Jesus said. And yet you refuse to come to me to have life. Now, Bible study is good. Look, my function as a teacher, I think Bible study is necessary. But our eternal life doesn't come from the study of scriptures, Old Testament or New Testament. Eternal life comes from relationship
0: with Jesus. And the book is there to help us grow in that relationship. You know, maybe there's somebody here today who's just kind of drifted into a so-called Christian life that's more about a study of Jesus. Learn the information. Learn the things he said. Maybe
1: the Bible studies kind of turn into a how do I win the Christian argument with somebody else? Why gifts are for now? Why they aren't for now? What kind of rules you do? What kind of rules you keep? It's pretty easy to do. You're a good person if you do this one. And people and churches pick out their favorite rules and they don't pay so much attention to other rules. And maybe that's kind of what Christian life has come for you. And if you're on
0: today, either um, listening or watching and listening, I just wanna encourage you. There is more to life than information about Jesus. It's good, it can help us, but there's more to life than just information Jesus has come
1: to me as a person. I am the way, the truth, and the life. And out of that
0: connection with him, by pressing in to know him, you'll figure out the rules.
1: The Holy Spirit will help you. But it isn't about doing good things, it's about being connected relationally to Jesus. And out of that relationship, you'll
0: say, Hey, Rob, can we talk about how you're doing this? Give a little course correction. Hey, there's a place over here you could, you know, we could really do some stuff for the kingdom, Rob. Would you like to do that? The Christian life is more than just studying about
1: Jesus. It's relating with him. And I just feel like there may be someone here that Holy Spirit is encouraging to honor and respect what you've learned about Jesus and being a Christian, but more importantly, I think Holy Spirit is reminding you to return to your first love, which is your relationship with Jesus. Talking with him,
0: sharing with him, pouring out your heart with him. If that's you, or even if you think it might be you, how about that?
1: I encourage you not to let this little reminder pass. The quality of your Christian life really depends on what you decide to do with it. And if you need help, please contact Hanny. Contact your small group leader. Hey, you can even call me if you want.
0: But choose to come to Jesus again and do it today. Well, I hope that helps somebody or encourage somebody a little
1: bit. I want to remind you again, Bible study is really good. If we don't know what's in the book, it's really hard to have relationship with Jesus because we don't know all of what he's offered us. We don't know necessarily how to do the things, but Bible study is not a substitute for relationship with Jesus. If you've got 10 minutes in the morning and you give all 10 of it to just reading the Bible, we've missed the point. We have to have the relational connection with Jesus because
0: he says, you come to me. For, that, for, the, for eternal life. It really matters that we have relationship first and all the
1: teaching later. Most of us know about the story of the demonized man in the region of the Gerasenes or Gadara or Decapolis. <clears throat> all of them are the same kind of place. The entire account is in Mark five, And if you can turn to Mark chapter five, I'll give you kind of a quick synopsis uh, while you're turning to get to the verses I wanna talk about. The quick account is that Jesus came to this region. When he first gets there or got there, he encountered a man who was severely demonized. After some action and interaction with the man and the demons, Jesus sent the demons into a herd of pigs, which then ran into the lake and drowned.
0: Pretty odd story. We pick it up in Mark five, verse 14.
1: Those who were attending the pigs ran off and reported this in the town and the countryside and the people went out to see what had happened. When they came to Jesus, they saw the man who had been possessed by a legion of demons sitting there, dressed and in his right mind, and they were afraid. Those who had seen it told the people what had happened to the demon-possessed man and told about the pigs as well. So Jesus arrived at this location, immediately encountered a man with his massive demonic issue. Jesus delivered the man from the demons, and then when the people came out, Here's this this man who was completely oppressed, sitting there, dressed, and in his right mind. Now notice the response of the people in the region to seeing this change from total demonization to total normality. What was their response after hearing and seeing the results? Verse 17. Then the people began to plead with Jesus
0: to leave the region. I don't know about you but when i was reading this to mary
1: mary looked at it and, and by the way thank you all for praying for mary she didn't have a good week today's a little bit better but thank you so much for your continued and faithful prayers i i can't imagine where we'd be without it well i i, I told her this and, and the response of the people and she goes how could they do that like how could they see this wonderful thing happen and then say hey we we, we really want you to leave well, they did. It says, verse 17 again, When the peop- then the people began to plead with Jesus to leave their region. That's remarkable. They were gifted with Jesus, getting rid of the absolute worst neighbor you could ever have. I mean, this is bad news for neighbors. And their response was, please, Jesus, leave us alone. Story continues in verse 18. As Jesus was getting back in the boat, the man who had been demon-possessed begged to go with him. Well, of course he did. I mean, here's people who don't even want Jesus around. He said, can I come with you? Verse 19 is surprising. Jesus did not let him, but said, go home to your own people. Tell them how much the Lord has done for you and how he has had mercy on you. Wow. The guy's been saved for a half an hour or an hour, delivered and saved for that time. And Jesus says, no, don't come with me. You go back. Jesus didn't tell the man. Oh, verse 20 is pretty good. Let's do that, too. So the man went away and began to tell in the Decapolis, all those 10 cities, how much Jesus had done for him. And all the people were amazed. They still didn't want Jesus around, but they were amazed. What's surprising is Jesus did not tell the man to go to
0: the scribes and Pharisees school of theology. One person smiled. Thank you so much. Jesus didn't tell the man to memorize the
1: the, the Old Testament and do everything in the Torah. This man who had been oppressed by demons and was for years a social outcast had been sitting with Jesus for eh, maybe an hour or so. Then Jesus said, go home and tell everybody about what Jesus has done for him. Tell people about your encounter with him, your connection directly with Jesus. And that's what the man did. Now, what's really interesting about this is go over
0: a couple of chapters and go to Mark chapter 7. Mark chapter 7, verse 31 to 37. We're going to read that
1: section. Verse 31. Then Jesus left the vicinity of Tyre and went through Sidon down to the Sea of Galilee and into the region of the Decapolis. In other words, Jesus came back to visit where he had done the original deliverance of this man and left this brand new Christian who had had a powerful encounter with Jesus and said, Go back and tell everybody. And now he's coming back. Verse 32. There were some there, some people brought to him, that is Jesus, a man who was deaf and could hardly talk. And they begged Jesus to place his hands on him. After he, he, Jesus, took the man aside, away from the crowd, Jesus put his fingers into the man's ears. Then he spit and touched the man's tongue. Yeah, that's the way we do church and we do ministry, right? you probably get kicked off the ministry team if you did that, unless you got the results that happened here. Verse 34, he looked up to heaven and with a deep sigh, said to him, Ephaphra, or something like that, but it means be opened. Verse 35, at this, the man's eyes were opened, his tongue was loosed, and he began to speak plainly. Cool. Verse 36, Jesus commanded them, these other people, not to tell anyone. But the more he did so, the more they kept talking about it. People were overwhelmed with amazement. He has done everything well, they said. He even makes the deaf hear and the mute speak. Jesus came back to the region where he had originally left the man who had this encounter with Jesus and an hour of time for discipleship. Apparently, with Jesus, discipleship time is way less than what we do in church most of the time. It can happen pretty fast. But notice verse 32. Go back and look at that again. There were some people who brought Jesus, brought to Jesus a man who was deaf, and they begged Jesus to place his hands on him. Before, what happened? The people couldn't wait to get Jesus out of the area. But now they brought a deaf man to him, begged Jesus for help. And even when Jesus said, hey, don't tell anybody, they kept talking about it. Question, what changed in the people from chapter five that said pleading with Jesus to leave? Two, for chapter seven, they brought a man to Jesus, begged Jesus to help,
0: and they kept talking about it. I'm real sorry, Cholet. Thank you.
1: I get a little excited when Jesus does stuff, and I want to be like Jesus, and that kind of excites me, and I talk a little fast. The one thing that changed was one man who had an encounter with Jesus, spent
0: some relational time with him, and told other people about it. That man did more to advance the kingdom than all
1: of what the Pharisees and all the teachers of the law could have done. And there's nothing wrong with the Old Testament, the teachers of the law, the New Testament and Bible study. But if it isn't founded in relationship with Jesus and
0: encounter with God and sharing that encounter with other people, we've missed the point. It starts because Jesus said,
1: I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. We, we do all the study. We do all the prayer meetings. We do all the, the reading of, of, of all of the different verses from Genesis to Revelation. And we need to do all that. But we do it based on the fact that we have an encounter with Jesus We've accepted Him as our Lord and Savior, and through that encounter, we're anointed by Holy Spirit. We have a testimony of what Jesus has done for us, and every one of us goes to the city that God's called us to. And we may have been really messed up, hopefully not as bad as this guy in this story. But Jesus came and touched us and made us different, and it's our story of the encounter the way the truth and the life that brings about the change yes study the bible we can learn more about it we can learn about spiritual warfare we can learn about prayer we can learn about the characteristics of god but if we don't taste and see that the lord is good if we don't have the experience of actually interacting with him knowing his heart, talking with him, let him speak into us the unique things that we need to be able to grow into the person God's desired for us
0: to be, exceedingly abundantly beyond all we can ask or think. We've missed the point. What might happen to your quiet time, do you think, if you read the Bible
1: In order to develop your relationship with god and not just have the right christian answers if you've been in church for a while you know the answers we're supposed to give to when people ask about things but what if we read it to try to develop relationship we're we're pretty fortunate we've got more than an hour with jesus before we go back to our workplace our families and all of that. We've got people we can talk to and places we can go, small groups and Bible studies and all that, and prayer meetings and whatnot. But what would
0: happen if we read the Bible not to collect answers, but to develop our relationship with God? You
1: read something about God and you go, oh, wow, you want that for me too?
0: That's a part of the package of knowing you and the relationship I have with you. When I feel lonesome,
1: you mean you'll never leave me like never and all of the things in the Bible that talk about relationship. What might happen in your life if you read all of the Bible to discover more about the way the truth and the life that only can be found through our
0: relationship with Jesus. know we live in a really challenging time right now a lot
1: of stuff to pray about a lot of stuff to process and deal with whether it's reintegrating into society dealing with the past couple of years wars prices going up there's a lot of stuff what if we discovered more about the way and the truth and the life that jesus offers us because we read the bible to find out about him God, what do you want to say to me out of this story of this guy who was really messed up and became the person who led who knows how many people to Jesus, changed the culture of the Decapolis?
0: What do you want from me, God? What would that look like? I think we, and I include myself for sure,
1: if we read the Bible to discover more about Jesus, we would discover much more about who Jesus is. And out of that, we would develop a more healthy and vibrant relationship with Jesus, not just doing church stuff, not just doing Christian things, giving the right answers, but we'd actually develop our relationship. Now, most of us have friends, maybe we haven't seen a lot of them recently, but we still have friends, how do we connect with friends, Man, we sit down together we have time together we talk and share. Some we talk and share with people, maybe a little bit more than others, because we feel safe or comfortable or we kind of speak the same language. But it's time spent together that develops the relationship. What if our Bible reading was focused around how do I develop my relationship with Jesus more? I want to be like that guy that when Jesus comes
0: back into my neighborhood, it's different. If we were talking about relationship with
1: Jesus more, I would suggest the people in our relational spheres would hear about the goodness
0: of God more. They might even be begging Jesus to join them. I think I told you about going to my pharmacy
1: and being able to pray with the pharmacist one of the times Uh, when covid was really a big deal and he was stressed and and uh, he said you, you know he said i just suggested you need to give yourself some time and he said pray for me well he asked so i did there wasn't anybody else and i prayed for him a year later he said to me about six months ago he said to me and I think I've told you this, but I'm trying to do it to set up service so on the same page she told me he said i'm doing better i'm more healthy emotionally and he said your prayer made the difference in my life to change me from stress to being okay. Well, I went in there this week and. One of the assistants was there and she only works a couple of days a week fills in for people. and. Um, She said, I haven't seen you for a while. Have you been in? I said, yeah, you should come on Monday because that's my errand day. I go to the grocery store. I go to the pharmacy. I go to the pet store. That's kind of my day to do all that stuff if everything works out right. She said, well, I didn't think you wanted me to, wanted to see me because I never saw you anymore. I said, okay, God, this has got to be a setup. This is too easy. And so I said, I always want to see you. In fact, I tell you what, if you feel like you can't see me and you want to, here's my number. You call anytime, and I would be glad to give you a word of encouragement. And she looked at me, and she goes, are you serious? And I go, completely. She said, I cannot believe someone would do that for me. I don't know what to say. i trying to think of some really clever,
0: holy thing to say. And I go, well, I would. Because that's what Jesus would like me to do. She goes, are you a Christian? I go, yes, I am. She said,
1: I probably should give you a call. I don't know if she's going to call. Doesn't matter. It's the thing that we're there carrying the presence of Jesus. And man, I want to do that. I want to walk into some place and the guy is whacked out with demons and he leaves the place whole. I think that'd just be the coolest thing to do all week. Or maybe it's pray for somebody who's sick, but to give them an encounter with God and who knows where they're going to go in their life. To be able to talk and share or be encouraged or be encouraging if we pressed in to develop relationship with god and not just learn about verses in the bible but what the verses are talking about and who the verses are talking about the people in our relational spheres are much more likely to hear about jesus we're called to be
0: one of the churches to reach our city amen That was underwhelming. I'll give you
1: another chance. We are one of the churches in Toronto called to be a church that impacts our city. Amen? We are going to impact our city because each person on the screen and each name that's represented goes into the places in the marketplace and brings Jesus with us and shares the way, the truth, and the life with people with us. Hey, it's not Hanny's job. Yeah, he, he, he's in the city and he's doing ministry. Hey, it's not his job. And don't take it from me. You go ask him. He's eh, it's not my job. I have connections to help people get there. But hey, this is a church thing we're all doing. And you're going to go places that Hanny or I will never
0: get. You will come into contact with people we'll never get to. We, the church community... Called to do this. And maybe we weren't
1: demonized like the guy in this story, but we were all lost. And Jesus found us. And as we develop our relationship with Jesus, we can be men and women who will bring the presence of God into the places where we work, where we go, where we where we shop, the grocery stores, wherever to our friends
0: who don't know Jesus. But we'll do it out of relationship because people don't
1: want more rules. (laughs) Have we had enough rules over the last two years? I have had enough rules. They want an encounter with a God who loves them, cares for them, has a way for their life, is gonna help them to become someone that they're not but want to be, they want to have security, they want to have acceptance, they want to have love, and
0: we are carrying that message for them, and we can bring it to them. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life, no one comes to the Father except through me. we've got the best news ever what if our
1: instruction manual the bible was applied to how our relationship with Jesus is going to grow and that we know him better and because of that we know the father better and because we know the father better we
0: bring change to where we go tell me That wouldn't be just a little bit
1: fun to walk into a place and have somebody get healed
0: or have somebody get set free of oppression or some other kind of a thing.